Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love, stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Kevin Garcia. Kevin Garcia is a digital pastor, creative mystic, public theologian, and intuitive soul coach based in Atlanta, Georgia. After coming out in the fall of 2015 as a queer Christian, Kevin has reached thousands of individuals across the globe with messages of God's unending love for all people, regardless of who they are, what they profess, or what they actually believe. Kevin's the author of Bad Theology Kills, Undoing Toxic Beliefs and Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority, published January 2020. Kevin's work also appears in several anthologies by queer people of faith. Through their work as a digital pastor and public theologian, Kevin has used their writing, podcast, and YouTube channel to help foster communities of authentic spiritual seeking, pulling apart the bad theology, and beginning to reconstruct sustainable spiritual practices. Kevin believes that by telling our stories, we set others free to tell their own. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Bam, 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 bam. Thanks for having me. Also, like, hearing that back and just like, when did, did, that sounds really good. Who wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> um, is, this so that, that is, is this that weird Christian thing that comes back around where they're like, you can't take credit for your own good work? <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Sometimes, uh, no, but I actually did have somebody else write some of the copy for my website and I'm pretty sure that they wrote that. So I'm actually like, ah, oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, honestly, it, it does sound like everything that you've you've done and it's what you do and you know i've been following you on instagram so yeah i i feel like everything everything applies so you're good to go you can claim all of the things <laughs> yeah thank you verified yes so honestly i feel like we actually have a lot in common because a lot of what i do is the same you know i i talk mm-hmm. about my uh the phrase i use is i document my life as a spiritual being living living a human experience and so, you know, doing that through podcast and YouTube and my writing and Instagram, which is like kind of like another blog site at this point. With Instagram is a blog. That is a fact. I think we should just all accept it and move on. I agree. <laughs> yes. Okay. So another thing that we agree on. Um, so, I, yeah, I've been really excited to talk to you. And um, I've noticed that you've also really been into tarot lately and Hell yeah, dude. I love that. I'm here for it. And I love, I love tarot. So I first got into it because I was mm. curious because I was like, what I want to know, like, yes, somebody tell me what like is going on in my life, what you see. But then I got into it for myself. So that was somebody else reading <laughs> for me. And then I got right. into it for myself because I was like, oh, I want to be a rebel to the fears I used to have over, you know, spiritual practices like tarot. So I got into it's it. it's devil, y'all. Yeah, it's devil. I know. Exactly, right? <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm going to make sure that I, like, cross off the things that used to be deemed as, you know, devilish and scary. So I got into that. For the, so what is what was your original motivation for getting into tarot? Um, Kind of the same thing as you Uh, perhaps like I was always curious about metaphysical shit even when I was little and younger and I also I've always had like these really interesting what I now know as spiritual experiences but Mm -hmm. I just thought everybody was having them like for me so I got baptized at age nine and I had like this pretty embodied spiritual experience at that time of just like you know, some people call it like, you know, a moment of like ecstatic joy or like having an ecstatic experience within the body that is just so overwhelming with spirit that you just feel a little wild. And I had that at nine and I thought everybody was feeling Mm. that, but apparently that wasn't the case. Yeah. 
Um, in fact, I was told by, I think it was my mom. She was like, Kevin, you need to stop being so dramatic. And I'm like, oh, okay. Aww. Yeah, me dramatic? I could never imagine. <laughs> um, fast forward, um, you know, I'm coming out of the closet. I'm trying out new things. And I have a friend on the internet named Jamie Lee Dowling, who is at the Well-Pleasured Mama on Instagram. Mm. But she offered to do an energy healing session with me. And I heard that and I was like, this sounds like a bunch of shit. Mm. Like, energy, because like, I was also like still pretty fundamentalist in every way, except for it's cool to be gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said something that really kind of just like shifted my whole perspective, which was one of two things will happen. Either you'll get a gift and it'll be something wonderful or maybe nothing will happen and you'll remain unchanged. And so I did a session with her. And when I did that session, I was like, this is the Holy ghost. I know this feeling Mm. real well. Mm -hmm. And so I think it just expanded my understanding of where God could be found, how God spoke, how God worked. Um, how spirit worked. And I kind of just started following my curiosity. I was like, okay, well, this wasn't the devil. This was, this was spirit. So like, yeah. where else can I find? Mm. And I knew that Jenny Lee read tarot. She recommended a book and I just started reading every single book I could get my hands on and then just practicing for myself. So started off as just like a internal, like intuitive practice to understand what was going on within myself and work on my own shit. Yeah, And then, uh, then one summer I was walking around the Wild Goose Festival reading for random people mm-hmm. that ended up being like semi-famous people in, within the Christian world. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you're Jared Bias? I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so read read tarot for like some really cool ass people. And there was like, uh, not scary accurate, but it was real accurate. Yeah. What I was yeah. bringing up with people. And I was like, oh, cool. So that's when I started sharing it with other people. And now it's kind of, both a part of my practice. It's something that I teach. And it's also um, something I do as part of my business to help other people reconnect with spirit in different ways um, beyond just typical Christian, you know, institutional practices. Yeah. I love that. I think I, uh, when you were talking about how you've experienced Holy Spirit, right. And so then whenever (laughs) you experienced it in in another form, but it was the same feeling, the same oh, I know this, this is a holy moment. And I know this Mm -hmm. is, we're safe. I feel warm. I feel joy. Like those feelings that you you Mm -hmm. felt in your baptism, you feeling that in your reading, I think, I think that's, I think that's beautiful. I think it's important to be able to make that connection of being like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm this, this holy feeling is safe. If I'm feeling safe, we're safe. Like, and I, Mm -hmm. I think so many people overthink it. Um, right. And I think we, Adam and I were just talking about this. Actually, we just recorded another podcast last night um, or yeah, yesterday. And how how do you think somebody would uh, should navigate um, practicing new spiritual uh, practices, I guess, like tarot mm-hmm. or or even like Reiki or energy or um, mm-hmm. any kind of healing or reading if they don't if they've never felt that holy spirit feeling um i guess i don't, I don't want to speak for adam but you know yeah no, yeah I, I the conversation that we were just having just to kind of like give you some background on it was just for me personally i've never really had what i would consider a spiritual interfacing like at all like like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, get I mean, that. and maybe, and maybe that's the boxes that I was given to to describe what uh, what, what spirituality was. But for me, I was like, okay, well, if spirituality is hearing a voice from God, speaking in tongues to somebody else, or or a, a miraculous healing, or like you know any number of things that were very well defined for what a spiritual interaction was, I hadn't had any of those. Right. And so and so for me, I'm just I'm curious what mm-hmm. what does that what does that look like? Like what is, what is spirituality outside of that box? Mm -hmm. So there is, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, because I will say for me, I kind of grew up in, in, I mean, the church camp I went to, like having an expression of faith like that was acceptable, but it wasn't acceptable at my home church. Mm. And, you know, I kind of always leaned into that, the, the feeling. So I, I guess I, I, you know, I want to count myself a little bit lucky mm-hmm. uh, to say that like it for some people, it just kind of comes naturally. And then for other people, uh, it's you got to find different avenues and different um, pathways to get to it. But I do think that every human who wants to experience um, love will experience it. So here's how I define a spiritual moment. 
um, or just like having a moment where I get caught up because like now it's a lot more frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, cause the way I, I, have you ever had like a moment where you're just like moved to tears because you're so overjoyed by something? Oh yeah, of course. That, to, that to me is God as oh. well. That's spirit. Anytime I've looked at a sunset and been like, oh my fucking God, look at that. Like, mm. you know what? Yeah. When the sunset's setting over Laguna Beach and it's like 14,000 different colors and like you're just listening to the ocean and your dog's running around and you're smoking a J and you're like, wow, this is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's spirit to me. Um, that's what I, tr- that's, see, that's what I'm trying to tell Adam too. Cause I feel like he's just, yeah. he has these boxes of what spiritual uh, like um, experiences mm-hmm. feel like or look like. I'm like, remember that time we were dancing in the kitchen and you teared up thinking about the future? That was a spiritual moment. Yes. Anytime you're overcome with joy, anytime you can imagine something beautiful, anytime we can remember what peace feels like and come back to it, mm-hmm. that to me is a spiritual experience. Amen. Uh, <laughs> well, I think like some of my, my most spiritual experiences actually happened when I was singing in choir mm-hmm. um, all through college. Uh, where like we would get to create this beautiful music with an orchestra and and or a ballet company. Yeah. Where so like I got to perform um, the Carmina Burana with like the Richmond uh, like the Richmond Ballet. Yeah. And so like full ass orchestra, full ass choir, full ass ballet happening right in front of us. Mm. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. And then I also got to perform uh, Mahler's Eighth Symphony with this huge mass choir. It's the symphony for a thousand. So literally, they tried to get a thousand musicians together. It was like a choir of seven hundred mm. and like a two hundred piece orchestra. Golly! And that to me is like, like I'll send y'all, I'll, I'll text y'all like a, it's it's literally like it's like a hour and a half long piece. Yeah. But but uh, the the critics described it as what would the universe would sound like if it burst into song. Oh. And I'm like, oh my god. Oh, so like so good. Now, granted, it is like Western music, but just like at the same time, it's fucking gorgeous. But mm, yeah. that to me is like that. I once I started looking at my entire life, every single breath, every single moment as a spiritual experience, like looking for the sacred mm-hmm. in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, I think that's what I would start off with. Like, it's just like, um, <clears throat> and this is something that um, Orion Foxwood would talks about a lot in his book. Um, Southern Conjure and Mountain Root Work. All right. Really, really good. I'm going to write that down. Say it again. It's by a book by Orion Foxwood. The book is Southern Conjure and Mountain Root Work. But if you look up Orion Foxwood, you'll find his book. Um, Perfect. And what I like, uh, uh, God, what was I just about to say about him? Uh, oh, yeah. He talks about like within like any sort of magical practices or any sort of thing. It's just like the whole point of any spiritual system is to introduce you to your own spirit. I love. To get you in touch with your own damn self so you can figure out how to heal your past so that you can stop freaking out about the future and enjoy the present. Mm. It is about coming, like this is something I tell all of my clients, regardless of what capacity I'm working in here, is like, I'm only here to teach you how to come back to peace. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't have any, sure, I've got certain knowledge, I have experiences, I have my practices. And the only thing like that, that my work is primarily centered on, like, I'm going to help you over, like, we're going to find out what's blocking you from perceiving love yeah. and change it. We're going to change so that you can start stepping, like, you can start noticing all the miraculous things happening around you all the time. And you can start changing your own mind about your suffering so that you can start to escape it more. Yeah. Um, so that's my work. Yeah. But to go back to the original, so... All this to say, and go back to the original question, Course in Miracles, which is the metaphysical text I work with and love so much, um, says in the Manual for Teachers, it says, a universal theology is impossible, but a universal experience is not only possible, but necessary. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the more I have read across religious context and across spiritual practices and magical practices, is that... <sighs> They're not joking when they say that we're all saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the thing about it is like the universal experience, like I would say is any moment I felt so deeply connected to myself or yeah. somebody or something else, something when I recognized that like this, what I was seeing was not all there was. Um, that to me is kind of how I, I, I'm in a posture of wonder all the time. Mm-hmm. 
But the universal experience, I think, is something that we all can have, regardless of what you believe, whether you believe in an actual God or a second, you know, a higher power, or even if you're an atheist, I think you can have the taste of the universal experience. Mm. Because the thing that animates all of us, like, that's the thing. The universal experience is actually the fact that we are all alive. Yes. And we're all... And so if you can really get that, it's all, it's this, it's this nice, peaceful moment of like, oh, there is something that truly does connect every single bit of thing that has breath in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that to me is something that is, it's so possible. And so when I tell people to start on, you know, other spiritual work, like I don't necessarily always say like, I say try out all the things. Like if, if you're drawn to tarot and you're curious, grab a, mm-hmm. grab a deck, start pulling, start learning. Yeah. It's a great tool. Yeah. Even if you haven't had like spiritual experiences, like learning about like the, I always tell people if at minimum, if there's no such thing as spirit and at minimum, like this tarot deck is a, a you know, a list of archetypes with specific meanings. And if in this certain spread with this combination of cards, it yields a question in my mind that helps me grow and come closer to myself, that helps me de-stress, that helps me treat people with more kindness. If that's all it is, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I always tell people, I, I tell people like you need to find a mindfulness practice and you need to find a movement practice. Mm. You need to find something to keep you still and also something to like move yes. you. So my thing is uh, yoga, meditation, tarot, and um, that's just like my daily practice is yoga, meditation, and pulling some cards for myself. I love that. Um, but all of it, all of that to say is that whatever you are doing, whatever you're trying, uh, you really got to stop thinking that there's a right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I think Christianity taught us that like, no, uh, it's a double-edged sword. Just like find what feels good. But also like, if you don't know, I would suggest following somebody else's lead until you can find your own rhythms. Absolutely. It's, I mean, and not, it's kind of like a little bit of a crass way to say it, but like fake it till you make it in a way. It's like you kind of in some ways, yeah. follow somebody else's footsteps. I mean, that's why we have leaders and that's why we have people that we, we look yeah. up to and we follow in a way that we believe that they've gone mm-hmm. down a path that's worked for them. So we try to implement yeah. those practices. Yeah. It's not even a fake it till you make it sort of thing. It's like, what's the difference between somebody who is peaceful and someone who's just acting like they're peaceful? Yeah. You know, I have no clue. Right. I, I tell that to people all the time. Like, it's just like, what's the difference between somebody who acts confident and someone who is confident? Right. Right. I'm like, you know, they're both doing the thing they want to do, presumably. And if they're not, why? Right. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. So just kind of the way that you've been speaking on spirituality do you feel mm-hmm. like the implementing these practices has shifted mm-hmm. like the location of God or universe or spirit or mm-hmm. whatever it is? Because I know like in Christian practices, everything is externalized and self and body and humanity becomes the, the least of and spirituality becomes the most, the most high. And, and, and from the way you speak on it, it's almost like, it's almost like a, that, that top down spirituality where it's like grounding into the body, grounding into earth, grounding into humanity. Mm-hmm is yeah. is god and uh, so i'm just curious do you is there still an external force is there still a loving creator is there is there that for you or or are you that yes to both maybe yeah. a little bit <laughs> um so i actually want i'm going to read you something from the course that i actually read yesterday so um this is from course in miracles workbook for students part two heading 11 for those of you out mm-hmm. there looking for the title is what is creation And it says, creation is the sum of all God's thoughts in number infinite and everywhere without limit. Only love creates and only like itself. There is no time when all that it created was not there, nor will there be a time when anything that it created suffers any loss. Forever and ever are God's thoughts exactly as they were and as they are unchanged through time and after time is done. Ugh. So... So for me, when I think about the idea of creation, something that A Course in Miracles um, kind of supposes and kind of makes the claim of is that the whole of creation is God's thought or is a Mm. thought in God's mind or is God expressing God's self through this world, through creation itself. So one of my ooky spooky weird ideas that I love throwing around is like, 
if, you know, science tells us that there might have been a huge ass Big Bang at the beginning, which means that everything that was here now was apparently there then, Yeah. you know, and so that you and me, we were there too. And so sometimes I get really like, I wonder, I'm like, did I plan this? Mm-hmm. Like, like all of these things, even this conversation we're having, did y'all plan this with me? Did we have a conversation mm-hmm. sometime 13.8 billion years ago? Right. Or did we, it's a, it's one of those things where I fully see myself as a participant in the co-creation of the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so it's like, you know, over the course of 13.8 billion years, God is trying to figure God's self out. Mm-hmm. And even, <laughs> and you know, what's so funny is like, I was, I was like, God, if you were like thinking way ahead, why did you build a planet that's going to like, you know, in a couple hundred thousand years, like, why did you build it so close to a sun that's going to expand <laughs> and swallow the earth up? That's like, it's a bad a plan. Short, yeah, a little short sighted if you ask me. What do I know? <laughs> I'm just an ant on a clot of dust spinning through space. Right, right. Or, um, or, or are you the God that had a bad plan and now you're just self deprecating? See, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So that's really, for me, uh, it's a, uh, I see, you know, Christ as, or God as creator. Um, yeah, it's like, I, I kind of go by what the course would say. It's just like, if you can agree with the fact that God created you like God's self, which is in full, full love and mm-hmm. full co-creative power, co-heirs with the Christ, co-heirs to the universe. It says like, if you can agree with God's view of you, you would be indescribably happy. Yeah. And God and God's view of us is literally just that we are a part of God. We are a part of love and that can never change. That's it. And so like when I'm thinking about spiritual experiences or creating spiritual practices, it's all about coming back like whenever you if you've ever felt a moment of inner peace even for a moment, that to me is the end goal. Yeah. yeah. Trying to feel that and sustain that as much as possible all the time. Because when I feel good, when I'm happy, I like that's when I'm more likely to say, oh, yeah, I can do this. Oh, yeah, God is with me. Mm-hmm. And for me, the idea that God is with me is the fact, is the thing that brings peace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all to say to the original question, it's a little bit of both and. It's like, I believe maybe I did it with God, maybe God did it, but either way, it's like, I have agency in this. And also, the, the Course would also says this beautiful thing that God has a specific plan uh, that involves you mm-hmm. for the salvation of the world, for the healing of the world. Yeah. Like you are a part of this plan for salvation. You are not just a little sideline. Like you have a specific thing you're here to do. Yeah. Right. Um, which like sounds so stupid, right? Because that's what they told us in church. <laughs> But it's like this time, like it's almost just like if we can approach these ideas without the dogma, yeah, yes. approach these ideas without uh, distancing ourselves from our bodies or experiences or one another, uh, there's a lot of juice here, right? There's a lot of good shit, and that's the uh, the bad theology you're talking about. So without the bad Anything? theology, <laughs> it's actually and there's a real, <laughs> yeah. Christianity's got all sorts of lovely things, and like. I don't even need to be a Christian to use Christian principles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was actually going to uh, bring that up because I, I was reading your post from about four days ago whenever you mm-hmm. know you were saying, um, so for the listeners, you had mentioned that people were essentially accusing you of not being a Christian and just being... You can be a Christian, man. Right. I mean, just being vile and just being like gross and just ignorant yeah. and whatever. And how, I mean, you had mentioned, you were like, well, you know, normally I will go back and I will like, like push back and whatever. But then you said that this year you have chosen to do that a lot less. And then, and I loved that. But then I got to the bottom of that, you know, your, your caption and you said, PS, I, I know, hold on, I'm trying to look for it. I know I'm not a Christian. So leave mm-hmm. me alone. <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> I yeah, love that. Man. I love that you, are able to, because I, I last year I made an unchristian, unchristian post. So essentially I was begging people to consider me unchristian. And then this year I made a post saying, Hey guys, guess what? I'm not Christian. So like, just like that's all out the door. Like you don't have to keep me accountable anymore. There's no Mm -hmm. checking up on me, making sure I'm in line, Mm -hmm. like 
so we're, good. We're good to go. But I think it's, I think it's, um, it's kind of, uh, maybe a mind fuck for people whenever we are talking about Bible verses or we talk about Jesus or we Mm -hmm. apply it to our lives or we help, we use it to help kind of um, make a point or whatever, help guide us even. And then Mm -hmm. we go ahead and say, yeah, okay, but I'm, I'm not a Christian though. And I think it really, it messes with people, which that's not, never my, well, I can't say it's never my intention. Um, (laughs) It's not necessarily my intention, but at the same time, there's like part of being able to be freely myself and my own interpretation of spirituality and Uh or religion, faith, whatever. Um, That brings me joy. And some of of some, sometimes when people get confused and frustrated, that also, Uh that also. That you don't fit into a box that's clearly Christian or non-Christian. Right. It kind of brings me joy. So I was going to, I was just going to ask you. Oh, I you, love it too. Is that is for you, like, is like not being able to, to fit into a box and is that almost like a rebellion? Does that, is that a part of your spiritual practice? Yeah, in some ways. Because it's like, I think we need to like rescue Jesus from the clutches of white evangelicalism, if you will. Agreed. Or at least like... <laughs> We have to make a differentiation between white Jesus and white Jesus and evangelical American Christianity. Right. And, um, and you know, the way, if you will. Sure. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if even not even a close reading of the new Testament reveals a Jesus who sided with the oppressed. Yes. Like, and it's like, it doesn't take, a biblical scholar or a MDiv degree to get you there. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's one of the, it's what it really is like, it's revolutionary. It's, and it's also to take this thing that has used to historically oppress people, flip it on its head and use it for liberation mm-hmm. is in my opinion, it's beautiful alchemy. It's turning mm-hmm. straw to gold, baby. Yeah. Um, it's taking something and like, you know, it's that revelation swords into plasters, baby. Yeah. And that's, and that's really what it, cause like the Bible is not a weapon. Right. And, and the thing is because of how we've been hurt by people who have used words and manipulation and relationships while holding a Bible in their hand, we think the Bible's dangerous. And by we, I mean like the Royal we of people who are deconstructing and healing from, yeah. you know, spiritual violence, but the Bible is not dangerous. The people you were hanging out with were. Mm. Jesus is not an abuser. The people you were in church with abused you and used mm. Jesus' name to do it. That's wrong. Yeah. Now, granted, like, it takes some time to, like, if you hear the word Jesus, you automatically freak out. That's totally fine. You know, and you may still, like, have to work on that. And if you don't like Jesus, if you don't like the, the labels, you know, go find something else that's going to serve you and heal you. But for those of us who find the teachings of Jesus appealing, find them to be a part of, I mean, granted, just like it's the tradition that many of us grew up in. If Jesus is teaching you something, then let Jesus teach you something. Yeah. Stop. Like, that's the thing is just like, if Baha'u'llah is teaching you something, follow him. If Muhammad is teaching you something, if the witch on the internet is teaching you something, wherever it is, like, I I think there's this, uh, let me not beer off the tracks too much when people get like get on me and like because i i love jesus in as much as you can love anybody who died two thousand years ago yeah, right right and i see jesus as my teacher and in my own practice as as interesting or as weird as it sounds is like jesus is with me jesus appears to me walks with me talks with me and tells me i am his own and enjoy <laughs> here as we tear, tear you there none other has ever known yeah but i really do it have this connection to the person of Jesus that just brings my ass to tears every time I talk about it, because it's like, ah, you're, you're showing me every day how to come back to, to God. Yeah. yeah. Because you did it. And that's the, that's the whole metaphor and message of Jesus is if I can do it, so can you. Yeah. And yeah. in fact, what did he say? Greater things. And what have we done? Nothing greater. Just mm-hmm. 2000 years of like, you know, ravaging the planet. And, you know, colonialism. Mm. And now we're at a time where it's just like, when I, I hear those words of Jesus say, You're, y'all are going to do greater things than me. And I'm like, I'm, re- I'm ready for it. Yeah. Because what Jesus did not accomplish when he had his body on the earth was establish a religious movement 
that was free of dogma and free of destruction and free of some kind of patriarchal bullshit. Yeah. And you know what we can do? Something greater, baby. Right. Right. Yeah. I always, I love when people make the points that Jesus wasn't here for, uh, to create a new religion. And I'm like, yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah, He was, he was reforming Judaism. Right. He was. And, and I think one of the biggest changing points for me with, with the idea of Jesus was, was coming to the the realization that Jesus wasn't necessary in my space, in mm-hmm. my version of mm-hmm. Christianity. Yeah. Jesus wasn't necessary yeah. for God mm-hmm. or the yes. universe or whatever spirituality is out there. It was not necessary to to bridge the gap between humanity and spirituality because Correct. we because we are spirituality embodied. We are the human mm-hmm. the human yes. interfacing with the spiritual. And so that was a huge turning point for me because that puts a totally different perspective on what Jesus was doing here. Yeah. He he mm. wasn't he wasn't in service to God being enslaved as somebody who was obligated to live out the perfect humanity in order to redeem humanity. Mm-hmm. Jesus just was connected to spirituality and he was so completely human. And that's what he yeah. did teach. And he and he was here to teach. He yeah. was he wasn't he wasn't here forcibly to redeem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that and that changed and that changed so much for me because yeah. because that that reframes that reframes the intention of everything that Jesus was doing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would I would go as far as to say that like let you first of all you nailed it. Cuz Jesus was really showing us exactly like this is how you do it guys. This is how you heal people. I'm not going to tell you all of like the shit behind it. Mm-hmm. And also, I wonder how much of Jesus's ministry was really just about feeding people and helping mm-hmm. people. Like, you know, sure, they record all the miracles and shit. But, you know, like the normal stuff that people do all the time that doesn't make the news. Right. I bet you doing that. I bet you like he was like a, doing Mother Teresa shit over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Speaking power, you know, like, and also, like you said, like it's I see Jesus literally as just showing us what the, our own potential. Like if y'all want to feel this level of peace, you can do this. If y'all want to feel this level of connection, try this. Yeah. And you know, he was just one of those teachers who was just like, y'all just, and he was so, I I get it all the time too. You know, when Jesus would get frustrated, he's like, how long do I have to be with these people? Mm. How long? It's like, that's my favorite thing when I like it, when, when people get on me and just like, you know, this is not what the Bible says. And I'm just like, God, how long do I have to be with this generation? <laughs> <laughs> get me out. Get me out. Let Ooh, me out of and here. One more, <laughs> one more thing I want to add to what you were saying, Adam, was that um, the whole idea of being co-heirs with Christ, I think really does put on us. It really does reinvest the power from something outside of us into ourselves. Yeah. You know, the, the, it's like, you know, we're constantly, God, save me from my bad habits. God, fix mm. this thing. God, heal me. It's just like, God is willing to do all of those things. But also, you got to recognize who God is. Yeah. It's, it's you, bitch. God, <laughs> God, God put all, like, God is like, yes, I want to do this with you. And God is staring you in the mirror saying, I want to do this with you. And you're saying, God, will you help me? And God's saying, yes. And you God's saying, and you're there just still saying, God, will you help me? And God is. <laughs> constantly saying will you partner with me so it's like you can can pray all day to let go of your anger from the past of against evangelicalism but unless you go talk to somebody about your anger you're never going to get it out of your body if you don't create something an artwork or channel into something you'll never be free of it yeah you want to you want to work on your depression you want to get free of your sadness you're not going to get free of that until you go talk to somebody and maybe get some medication or maybe start moving your body a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things that we need to do to start our own healing. And the church made us codependent on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. therefore, we have to learn in some ways how to tap into our resiliency a little more and just find a little bit of willingness. Well, and just there's so much little- self-healing that needs to happen. I mean, to even mm. you have to get to the point where you respect yourself enough to believe that there is a God in you, to believe that there's anything that can lead anybody, including yourself, to any yes. sort of growth. Hey, everyone. want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast as it helps others find this online community. Thanks so much. Now back to the episode. Come on, that you're actually 
you are able and worthy to do it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, and and that's that's the thing that I've been even working through this year. It's just it's just this massive shift in in moving from a space where unfulfilled promises are constantly happening where I say I'm going to do X, Y, or Z and yeah. I'm the only person that knows. And so then when I don't do it or I don't start that habit or whatever, it, that, that in and of itself is for me losing me the opportunity to see the divinity in myself. And, yeah. and so I think, I think there's a lot of that that needs to happen as well. I think, I think you're right where like you you do need to realize that that God is in you telling you, hey, maybe you do need to go to therapy. Hey, maybe you need, you need to do these <laughs> I think these God other things. Bring that in so many of us. Yeah, like, but I but like I think you need to go to therapy God. to realize that you are you are an embodiment of God that can tell you the things that you need to do to continue mm-hmm. to heal. Mm-hmm. Very good. And really, that's what it comes down to. Therapy is a path to peace. Mm-hmm. That's really like the again. I, I know I'm, I feel like I'm harping on it. But like the whole, any sort of spiritual technology that we're working with, whether it's yoga, meditation, tarot, magic, therapy. And I do think it's a spiritual technology because, I mean, like there, there are people who are trained out there in all sorts of shit to navigate that mindscape of yours yeah. so that it feels a lot less scary. And also that's, a, it's like, we've spent so much time looking for a God out in the physical space rather than mm-hmm. the internal world. Yeah, And so... It makes sense that when we're trying to get in touch with it or like get in there and we've been told our whole lives, your body's not a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my clients um, who's a massage therapist has like this beautiful idea of the theology of the body. She says like one needs to learn that they are safe in their own hands. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And that's really what it is. Like you are safe in your own hands. You can, you can, God trusts you. Yeah. You know, what wow. a concept. Wow. God like God trusts you with this body, right. you know, yeah. and God trusts you with this experience out here. And, you know, my process theologians out there would say that, you know, if God is in everything, including our bodies, I had a thought one time, I was like, then maybe like, I owe it to God to give God the ride of her life mm-hmm. in my body. Mm-hmm. Since she's experienced <laughs> all the things I am like, yeah. I want to make sure God's having fun and God <laughs> at peace and, and that's also something very interesting too. The flip side of that is that to our bodies, we are like, I am the God to my body, mm-hmm. if that makes yes. sense. You know? And yeah. so like, if, you know, my body is praying for food, you know, I better like provide. I better like, it's. Yeah. I'm here for it. And I think the the things that you're talking about and Adam, you're, you're mentioning, it's, it's all things that we're like constantly learning and unlearning. It's like the, it's like a, the recycling of these thoughts and like, mm-hmm. um, learning them deeper and learning them like in a different, different way, a more like practical way, hopefully. And mm-hmm. for those who are listening to, hopefully you have found that like you, whatever, wherever you land on the spectrum of how you believe you've ever experienced spirituality, it's, mm-hmm. it exists and it's there for you if you want it. And, um, I think something you, you had mentioned, I think you said something about like how the Bible isn't, um, isn't scary or it doesn't have to be bad or whatever. I, you know, I posted, I have several books now on, on, which witchcraft and practice and uh, like I yeah. mentioned I have I I do tarot I'm I'm very much into astrology so I have books on that as well so I I remember I posted on my my Instagram story one day just a, a bunch of the books and someone had had messaged me and said um do you find it scary like do you find it mm. it yeah, I guess just like scary to get into any of this stuff. And of course, like I, I did go, I let her know that of course I did have, I once had fear of it. Um, but then also at the same time I said, honestly, um, it got me thinking about the, the beholder and I have never had a tarot reading where I felt disembodied afterwards. Mm. Um, I've never had a Reiki healing where I felt unworthy. Um, Mm. and I think, I don't think that the Bible is bad, but I, I let her know that I think the Bible is much, much scarier <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because of my lived experience of it being used against me. Right. Um, and so I think being able to to 
kind of flip the narrative has been really helpful for me and being Mm -hmm. able to see things kind of on the opposite side. So taking, like you had mentioned, like the same practices, but then without the bad theology and um, that has been helpful, but then also being able to recognize that like it, the good in me and that I am the beholder. And so taking those practices in my hand, so taking the Bible in my hand, tarot, Mm -hmm. astrology, meditation, yoga, taking all those practices into my hand in my hands and, and, and essentially it's not that I don't, it's not that I'm untrusting of others, but it's something that I have been told for my whole life that like you had mentioned that I'm almost like not trustworthy and that I, my heart is deceitful above all else. (laughs) And that has been used against me to trust my own intuition and trust God within. And yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not even like a question that I have or anything that I'm leading up to. It's just, you know, hearing you speak and hearing Adam speak, just, Mm -hmm. just sitting in that and Mm. breathing that in because I see Adam and his practice and how he has been evolving and then how I've been evolving. And there's no right way to go about any of this. I don't think there's a perfect design of how you can heal. Um, And I think obviously you have some beautiful practices that you work with your you know, whether it's one-on-one coaching or um, in your community. And I love that. I just think that there's no right, perfect way to do it. No, there's not. That's why there's so many, I mean, that's why there's so many paths in the world, right? Even within like, uh, even within the Christian tradition, there are thousands of denominations of Christianity. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, like you think that just because you lost one of them that you have to give up all of them. Not true. Yeah. There's even very mystical branches of Christianity if you don't really feel like leaving and if you don't or feel like branching out or because, again, it's about finding the thing that leads you back to peace. Right. So for people like, you know, they pray the rosary and they're in God's presence immediately. Yeah. And for other people like, you know, they hear a worship song and it still brings them into the throne room, so to speak. Yeah. Um, And for me, it's like I want you to I, I want people to find whatever is going to be most helpful. So like the thing I love working with and teaching people is is meditation like it is the probably the crux of what i teach in my one-on-one and group stuff is i want to show you how to get so deep inside your soul that you can finally hear yourself talk Mm -hmm. with practice it becomes so simple that i want to be like why wouldn't you want that Mm -hmm. like the way that i have learned it's it's such good self-love and then when I have that, like, you can give it to everybody else. And again, like, if what I do doesn't work for somebody else, that doesn't mean that what I'm doing is wrong. That means that it's not working for somebody else. And they need to figure out how to adapt it, how to change it, or find something else. And so for some people, like, you know, uh, you know, I think, like, within, like, Christians who are exploring magical practices, like, you know, the reason that hoodoo might not appeal to you is because you ain't black, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. It might be because it's from, you know, it was developed within slave cultures and just like that's how they survived. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe Celtic magic is what's going to call it. Usually it's the magic of your ancestors. And yeah. so for me, you know, uh, Hechesaria and, um, <laughs> and just little bits of Bruja here and here, but it's, it's, it's like you said, it's, I want to go to the place where I feel worthy. I want to go to the place where I feel at peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me is kind of the beginning and end of it. Like everybody else can suck it. We're all like, <laughs> it's like, I, and that's the thing too. Like if we can get an attitude of like, I don't want to say defensiveness. We don't need defensiveness. It's just like, I don't have to take any more shit from people anymore. Spoken I like a true to- Scorpio. Aren't you Scorpio? <laughs> Oh, through and through, baby. Yeah. Scorpio sun, Gemini moon, Pisces rising. Oh, I'm a Pisces rising. Ayo. <laughs> it, it's the, and I also like have like a shit ton of placements in Scorpio and a shit ton of placements in Capricorn. Oh, dang. <laughs> it's like, I'm talking like three and like three and four planets. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. my, my Saturn and my Neptune are separated by less than one degree in Capricorn. It's. Oh my. That's insane. Girl, I know. Um, uh, anyways, yeah, I, the, the, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. A little anyways. bit of enlightened, I am holy, I am God, but a little go fuck yourself. And I love it. 
And that's the thing is, oh, yeah, the self-respect part. Yeah. It's like, I think what I would love to see, and this is, again, like a growth point for all of us in trying to figure out who your people are and who they're not. The people who are making you feel like shit for deconstructing your faith, for being queer, for being a for being a just a feminist, a mm. basic ass feminist, <laughs> you know, those people, like, I just want to like, people will defend them all. They say, no, that's my family. That's my family. And I'm like, you know, Jesus said, who is my mother and who is my father? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he actually said, if you don't hate your mom and dad, you can't come follow me. Right. That's Jesus. That's an actual saying of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, I was just like, well, he honored his mother. I'm just like, well, maybe like, what if your father is white supremacy and your mother is patriarchy? Or reverse that, you know. Yeah, that'd it, be crazy. Yeah, you know who would. And so it's like I think about like in some ways it's like I have to I have to devote myself to something else. We're always devoting ourselves to something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it, when we were younger, we did y'all call it quiet time or did y'all call it devotionals? Uh. More quiet time. I think mine was devotionals. I mean, we had books, but we had both. I mean, I had a devotional, which was like a book, but like mm. I, it was my quiet time that I used my devotional. Uh, no, we did. It was devotionals with your devotional book, and I never really understood the concept because also my parents didn't practice quiet time or devotionals, but they wanted their kids to do it, and they said it's a good <laughs> idea. Uh-huh. And so they never could really articulate why it was a good idea to read these subpar page-long reflections <laughs> on something that was completely hypothetical. Yeah. It was like Tommy was doing this thing and it was bad, but uh- then he didn't. It was anyways. <laughs> uh, I like the idea. I don't like the idea of discipline. I don't like the idea of like Same. muscling our way into something new because I feel like Discipline gets a bad rap, and in my mind, apparently, I still don't like the word. But I do love Same. the word devotion because the word devotion comes with like this, lo- like a love. Mm-hmm. I, I, if you're devoted to something with your whole being, it's because you love it, and yeah. if you love it, you give yourself to it because it gives you something too. Mm-hmm. And so, when I think about what am I devoted to now, I am so devoted to my own peace. Yeah, I'm yeah. devoted to the peace inside my body. I am devoted to helping other people feel that same peace in their body. And by securing this thing in others, I secure it for myself as well. Mm-hmm. By helping heal myself and heal others, I am healing the world. Yeah, yes. You know, it's uh, kind of like disciples making disciples. I don't mm-hmm. know if y'all ever heard. That model before. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I totally understand. I feel the same, the same way. Like totally. Um, okay, well, speaking of making disciples, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how how can how can others find you? How can they get connected with you? You're an amazing, beautiful human and everyone should know you. So shout yourself out. Thank you. Um, all of my, my handles across social media are at the Kevin Garcia. That's T H E Kevin Garcia. Uh, you can learn more about my coaching, uh, both my group and individual coaching at the Kevin Garcia.com. I've got a, uh, a big queer Bible study e-course that's available. Um, I am working on my second book right now, but Woo-hoo! you should, go, you should go read my first book. It's called bad theology kills. I'm doing toxic belief and reclaiming your spiritual authority available at bad theology I think that's everything. Um, I've got a t- if this is airing before the twenty eighth mm-hmm. uh, or Thursday. I don't know when this is coming out, but um, I've got w- I've got monthly workshops um, as part of my Patreon community. Monthly workshops and meetups. So if you're looking to plug into spiritual community that is outside of strict Christianity but still has a Jesusy flair, but it's like make it gay, come <laughs> hang out. <laughs> Jesus, but make it fashion. Jesus, but make it queer. Make it <laughs> Jesus, but make it trans. I love it. I love that. Although I'm definitely under the impression that Jesus is queer, but um, that's fine. Uh, Listen, <laughs> I mean, a man in the in the first century who was running around unmarried, yeah, who I, had a disciple the, who that he loved. loved <laughs> I know. I, okay, my my. I think Jesus was Polly, and I think he was with John the Beloved and Mary Magdalene. I think they I all think had too. dead oh, ass. No, I like, I think so too. That's my that's that's my that's my theology. That's my Jesus. That's my spirituality. <laughs> uh, listen, we're not saying that orgies are in the future, but <laughs> just 
kidding. That's just, <laughs> that's just in my house this weekend. It's different. Oh, oh, yeah. on, on, the next, on the next uh, web series, Jesus Joined My Orgy. <laughs> oh, my God, when Jesus joined my orgy. That's going to – oh, man. Now – see, this is the thing is that, like, there's a part of me that's like, this could be a good idea. I would definitely have to flesh it out. On the surface, though, it's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. My, I, I, had a, I had a friend in high school uh, and through college. Her name is Jeanette. And Jeanette is one of my best friends in the whole world. Not because, like, we've been near each other uh, or because we went to New York to see Ed Berlin play for the last time or because we had a lot of traumatic experiences and we survived. But because Jeanette will always tell me when I have a really bad idea. We all need that friend. Because, like, I was telling her one time, I was like, I feel like if I ever get married, I want there to be, like, a lot of musical elements to it. She's like, Kevin, you cannot make your wedding into a concert. Marriage is a sacrament. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. I don't know. I feel like there's room for both. <laughs> you know, anything's possible in the, in the brave new world. There are no rules. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can make it a dramatic musical for sure. I Yeah, I will be the friend who's ha- who says yes to everything. I'm like, you want that? Go for it. I'll say yes Can you imagine, everything. like... In my mind's eye, like, I would want to be wearing some kind of, like, dress suit hybrid with a big hat and then walk down the aisle to God as a woman. Ah, <laughs> stop! Come on. But I will buy tickets to this wedding. Huge, I'm talking everyone's – it's a huge cathedral. Like, whoever is marrying us is, like, in full decked-out regalia. Everyone there is super formal and it's, like – Oh my God. I want it to look like uh, um, a Solange video. If you <laughs> if you don't do it, I'm gonna renew my vows. We'll, we'll live stream. <laughs> don't make me do it. We will live stream. We will it. do it and be like, Kevin gave me this idea. <laughs> Guys, this is a this, okay. This I guess this is a good idea. Right. Yes, it is a good <laughs> idea. I am I am sending you off with that permission. Thank you. I receive it. Um, I'm gonna start planning it. Um, just get the vaccine, and then you'll get the. Everyone the for one vaccine, you'll get an invitation. Oh my gosh, I love it! I I told you I'd pay for my ticket to go to that wedding party. Oh my! Someone actually told me he's like, Kevin, what if you sold tickets to your wedding to pay for it? I'm just like, that is the most millennial bullshit I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm not below it. I know. I'm not I below feel, it. I feel that I I wouldn't judge you for it. And then also just like you don't have to pay for a, a wedding gift. You just got to like just help go. me pay for this. Yeah. Yeah. Come, you go come and to the have party. a really good time and you just like, yeah, dance your little booty off. Ugh, I right. can't wait to dance my booty off in well, public. Again. Well, we're oh, – I know, right? Ugh, I know. That's like all I want. <laughs> That's truly all I want. But um, yeah, okay. Well, you, you create a Pinterest board. Send me your ideas um, and yeah, we'll just circle back around. But all this Deal. to say – Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was way too much fun. Um, we've really enjoyed having you. And uh, it's a wonderful time. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you had a good time with us. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you guys. And until next time, bye. bye.